a reading from 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 to 6. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. Our next reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 44 to 48. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded by the gift of the Holy Spirit being poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. Our gospel reading comes from the book of John, chapter 15, verses 9 to 17. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, I chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We have a world that lives like Easter doesn't matter. And even a good portion of the church acts like Easter doesn't actually make a difference. And here we are, with our liturgical calendar, we make Easter last a while. This is the sixth Sunday of the Easter season. 
And what I mean when I say the world and much of the church acts like Easter doesn't matter is that they live as though discrimination and disunity are normal or to be expected, even though the power of resurrection is here to tear down every wall of separation between groups of people and to break every chain of oppression. You see, nearly all of the first Christians and followers of Jesus were Jewish people. They weren't supposed to be in relationship with non-Jews in the way that Christ had now invited them to be in relationship. They weren't supposed to sit at the same table and eat the same food. They were supposed to be holy. They were supposed to be distinct and separate. If you've ever seen the movie Mean Girls, they were supposed to maintain a spirit that said, you can't sit with us. Somehow, this is the same antagonistic spirit that is at work in much of the church today. But we are called to a love that is so much greater, a love that the Bible says conquers the world. Sherry Brown writes of our first reading in 1 John chapter 5, 1 to 6 is the heart of the letter's closing appeal that calls its recipients to understand God as the foundation of love that manifests in faith, which despite any and all evidence to the contrary, conquers the world. God is love. But the author further insists that this love results in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus, Christ and Son of God who reconciles humankind one to another and to creation. That is the God of love. That's the God that loves us. That is the depth and the width and breadth of the love of God, a love that is willing to go to the cross, a love that is not willing to see any suffer, a love that is not willing to allow one group to discriminate against another. This is the love that is the foundation of faith in Jesus. God is the love that exists in right relationship, that produces faith and ultimately conquers the world, even though the world was never going to see it coming, even though the world thought that it had won with the crucifixion and its shame and humiliation, the utter and total subjugation of that Palestinian prophet of Jesus. But it was the love of being willing to go that was the ultimate victory. Emily Askew says that the love we're talking about today, it's not a psychological state, nor is it anywhere described as an internal quality. Love is an action. A really difficult action. The definition of love here is a radical willingness to die, not for your child or spouse, but for a fellow 
follower of Christ. This is the love God had for creation, for which God deigned to be allowed to be humiliated on the cross. Love that is free and equal to all is a love that is dangerous, you see. You see, if you embody a love that is powerful and it is threatening to conquer the world, then you are loving in a way that puts you at significant risk of crucifixion. Do you understand the connection between loving your neighbor and being crucified? by an empire. You see, the power of the world wants us divided. It wants us to hate ourselves and to hate each other. It wants us to be cut off and broken as a community because that is when we are powerless. The empire, whether it's Rome or whether it's the good old U.S. of A., knows that when people are together, they are powerful. And as long as we keep on discriminating against each other, as long as we keep practicing exclusionary behavior, as long as we keep looking down on the others, as long as we keep calling them and thinking of them as others, we will not be able to be in the kind of relationship that produces love, that builds faith, and that in the end overturns the world. And so Jesus says, this is my command to you, that you would love one another just as I have loved you. Love one another with a willingness to die because that is what it takes, my brothers, my sisters and siblings, to be the people of God. Which God? The God that died on the cross. The God that loved us enough to form us cell by cell, knowing that every now and again we would mess up bad, but loved us anyway. The God that even when we are faithless is faithful still. That is the kind of love that we are called to today. That is the love that conquers the world. To be alive and to be related to one another and to even creation on that level is inherently to be at risk. So have you ever felt like your love of Jesus was dangerous enough for you? Have you ever felt like your love of Jesus might have put you in an awkward situation? Have you ever felt like your love of Jesus outweighs your love of your own comfort and safety? Have you ever felt like your love of Jesus made you love people that all the church people told you you ought to hate? Or maybe let them inside you know. We'll let them play some instruments and maybe they'll pay tithes, but we just, we won't let them speak on that. And they don't get to, have you ever loved Jesus so much that you refused to keep somebody out on the outside? You know what is amazing about this passage of Acts in our reading today is 
Peter has come to this place with some of the first Christians, Jewish Christians. And when they get there, these Gentiles, not even baptized yet, the Holy Spirit is poured out on them, people who weren't even in their community. They didn't have their names on the roster. They hadn't been in that church 30 years. They weren't raised there. They didn't know anybody on that block. And yet the Holy Spirit led them to speaking in tongues. And Peter asks, who can withhold the water? Who can keep me from baptizing them when they have received the gift of God just as we have? It is nearly the same question that the eunuch asks Philip that we read last week. There is some water, says the eunuch. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And this week in Peter, we hear him saying, who can withhold the water? And still in our churches today, too many people try to answer these questions instead of just embracing the risk of love. Why shouldn't I be baptized? No reason I can think of. Who can withhold the water? The same person who can throw the first stone? It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you love or what color you are. The table that Christ has prepared for us in the presence of our enemies is a table to which all are welcome to dine, even the enemies. That's why God prepares the table for you in their presence, because God expects you to serve them if they happen to sit down. Did you ever really love that much? Well, I don't know if God wants us to serve our enemies. That's what Jesus did. Jesus had dinner with Judas before Judas went to betray him and called him friend. You thought God was preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemies so that you could gloat? No, you are expected to serve with a towel around your waist ready to wash the feet of those who scorned you. It is a love that is willing to serve in a radical way. So if even the unbaptized speak in tongues, if even a eunuch is baptized, then I hear the Spirit saying that no one can stop God's inclusion. No no committee, no board, no matter how many acronyms you add, can stop the Spirit of God's loving inclusion. It extends to the ends of the earth. And the earth never ends. So reflecting on this kind of love and knowing that today is Mother's Day, I of course have to give thanks for my own mother. 
uh, and the sacrificial love that I have known her to show not only to me but to others throughout my whole life. Mother's Day, we should note, can be a painful day for many of us. Many of us have lost mothers. Many of us have wished we had had a mother at some point. But this day is for you too. To remember, if not the love of your mother, then the times in your own life when you have been able to extend the love of a mother. Because anyone can offer a mothering spirit in this world. Anyone can be like, uh, the, like God is to us, a hen, gathering her chicks. They don't have to be your kids. <laughs> they might even be grown. But you can be a loving, motherly presence. And so for weary mothers, know that you can rest and still love. Know that you can rest and still be loved. For a long time, I have held my peace. I have kept myself still and restrained myself. But now I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant, says the God of Isaiah in 42. It can be a never-ending labor to be a mother. It can be a never-ending labor to give birth to the gift of God. So acknowledge what God wants you to mother today. May you be willing to carry that deep motherly love that conquers the world today. For longing children who long to be held, may God meet the absence you have felt in your life with a holy and loving presence. As a mother comforts her child, so will God comfort you. You will be comforted, says the God of Isaiah 66. And as we close, let us pray this prayer. God, our mother, we thank you for grounding your character in the tenderness, protection, and even sorrow of a mother. To know that no human experience, mother or child, is far from you gives us permission to uncover the particulars of how we were made to love and be loved. On this day, we are reminded that we do not begin with ourselves. Our beauty, our tragedy, does not exist in a vacuum, but is tethered to those who have come before us. We pray for the mothers who have protected us, who are weary, who have stayed, who have left, who are grieving, who are proud, understanding that the story of what it means to be a mother is not singular. And as children, would you remind us that it is okay to lament the ways we have not been loved well, while celebrating the miracle 
and mystery of those who loved us fiercely. We are made of more than us. Help us to behold it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you to Black Liturgies for writing that beautiful prayer. Thank you so much for being with us. As you go forth today, may the love that conquers the world spring up in you from a faith built in relationship that is right between you and God and all creation. Amen. Amen. I will see you next week.